This is First, Last, Best, Worst. The only podcast recorded on a Tascam 4-track cassette tape. We explore the craft of songwriting with our guests as they perform the first, last, best, and worst songs they've ever written. I'm your host, Carl Banks. I'm Taylor Rogers. And I'm Paul Blackwell. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 36 of First, Last, Best, Worst. Now, you might notice that that uh, second voice this time is a little different than normal because we have uh, uh, somebody else sitting in instead of Mr. Taylor, Mr. Harry Harrison, who was a first, last, best, worst alumni. Um, I don't know which episode, but episode, episode previous. 20, 27. 27. Well, thanks for stepping in, Harry. Uh, if you, for those following along at home, Taylor, on the way to our podcast yesterday, fell off his bike and broke his shoulder. And uh, today he had to go get an MRI. So Harry was kind enough to step in and, and do this. And I'm reminded of um, one of my favorite movies, uh, the, That Thing You Do, that Tom Hanks, the classic, where there's like the drummer who's like jumping over parking meters or something, and then he falls and breaks his arm. And then the other drummer steps in and then they become this like one hit wonder. And the reason that reminds me of it is because, you know, of course, you know, Taylor and the, and the broken shoulder and, and what have you. But also we're in a studio setting today as opposed to Paul's living room, which is, you know. My living room also. Yeah, Harry lives there too. Um, so I feel a little bit bad, but uh, also maybe this is going to propel us into um, stardom. Yeah, man. I hate Tom Hanks. <laughs> you Is that for real? You hate Tom Hanks? No, not personally. Okay. I, he seems to be one of the like, um, I don't know, people that are pretty good in um, Hollywood. I don't days. like uh, I didn't like Forrest Gump. You didn't like Forrest Gump? Nope. I, I love that movie. I thought it was a uh, half rate. I thought it was I thought it spoke down to its audience. <laughs> when did, it's got to be like you probably it came out when you were like four, 5 years old or something. Yeah, I felt like it was kind of patronizing. <laughs> well, I could understand that. But that thing you do, I remember watching that as a kid and thinking, you know, I always wanted to be a fucking rock star and thinking like, okay, that's it. You just play like one pizza place or like one open mic and then yeah. a pizza place and then break and then a drummer's shoulder right. and, then <laughs> and then you're a big star turns out you know 15 years later that is not fucking how it works at all and uh, but didn't it worked for me it didn't work for you yeah man i played oh. a pizza place and now I'm <laughs> now you're sitting here uh you know with headphones on in a different seat than last time where you know you're getting grilled and now you're just sitting casually now i'm doing the grilling yeah and taking notes and here for the grilling today not grilling but playing the game of first last best worst is shilpa ray how are you I'm getting nervous. Getting nervous? Oh, no. Oh, God. Tom, Tom Hanks makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a big head. All right. All right. We got to get into this whole Tom Hanks thing. But uh, this is not a podcast about Tom Hanks. If you want that, there there are other uh, Hollywood podcasts. This is a songwriter podcast. So, Shilpa, could you play uh, your first song for us? And then we could start chatting. Sure. This one's called Dame's a Dime a Dozen. Don't know how to preface this Where's the story going oh, I'm vomiting apple of money The discourse does its peaking Oh, can't push a solid note Down the throat Rolling a blank Straight through a smoker's valve uh -huh. 
Well, that was fantastic. And I mean, I can't, I think we, up top, I need to talk about uh, the instrument that you're playing. What are you playing here? I'm playing a harmonium. Harmonium? Is that what this song was written on? Yes, on it was. Uh, I got a harmonium <laughs> when I was really young, when other people were getting like dolls and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, a, it was a first instrument. I also played piano and stuff when I was a kid which we'll get to later, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a crazy instrument, it's really finicky, but it definitely has a very haunting, mm -hmm. gothy sound yeah. to it, right? Yeah. yeah. Sounds great. Uh, for those of you uh, peasants who don't know what a harmonium is, it's like a little keyboard you sit down at, and on the back, and on one hand you use the keys with your, with your you press down on the keys with one hand, and on the other part you pump this mechanism in the back. Right? Yeah, the bellows. It looks not unlike an accordion. Right, right. right. They're both bellows instruments. Bellows yeah. instruments. Yeah. And I've got a question. Do you suffer any repetitive stress injuries from having to pump that thing? Wow, people ask me that all really? the time. <laughs> um, well, right now I'm not that warmed up, so my the blood is like coming into my wrist <laughs> really pretty hard. Yeah. Like that'll happen sometimes. Or I'll get blisters like on the side of my thumbs because of the wood. Like there's a um, there's a area yeah, here. Yeah, because it seems see. like you're really going at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's also the wow. keys are assisted. Like when you're playing a chord, then they look like yeah. some bass keys. Is that something you're manipulating, or is it just automatically? No, do this that? is just to give it a, a a larger sound. You can take them out too. If I pull this, there's a lever on the side here, and then you can play single note. What? Wow. Wow. 
So, and then I, because I'm playing all by myself, it's better to have like a, a fuller, sound. yeah. Yeah, it's a Dr. Seussian contraption. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, can you maybe date this song? When was the, um, tell us a little bit oh about this too. God. I'm got, I see that now. I'm gonna age myself. <laughs> well, maybe not to date it, but where? I'll maybe where are you I'll, at? I'll date okay. the song. There's I'll no shame in however old you are. It's just. A, I think this. Know. I wrote this. This is the first, obviously, the first song I ever wrote, and I was, I guess, in well, compared to a lot of songwriters, I'm probably considered a late bloomer. But this was 2003. Mm -hmm. and Dame's a dime a dozen. Dame's a dime a dozen. I was reading a lot of Bukowski. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I love Bukowski. Yeah, me too. I the, mean, besides the, the fact line that, that says "dollar a steak and a nice piece of ass," I think I swiped uh, off of something he had written. Yeah, and so, the part of uh, about vomiting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people like to vomit, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> vomiting, not if I can help it. <laughs> 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 yeah, I love Bukowski, except for that, like, it's uh, extremely misogynistic and sexist. Which it is, is like, not. It is not. You don't think I so? I will totally okay. argue you down okay. about this. All I right. think he's being real. Okay. And if you look at it from a perspective, not in terms of what the character's saying, which is also, like, a reality, mm -hmm. his female characters are the most dynamic okay. out of like any male author I've ever read yeah because they show flaws right because you're either like a virgin or a whore right. in most books written by men they don't quite get right. the dynamic the but who yeah. could come up with a character like Wanda yeah she's rad I'm just thinking of factotum where one chapter starts out with Jan was a good fuck you know it's like maybe Jesus, she was I'm sure yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, I mean <laughs> I don't know Jan or anything but probably it just that maybe, maybe if seemed it proceeded a little reductive the, with the line of that and that was all she was good for <laughs> I would be like I don't okay. know man okay well yeah. dispelling my uh, my <laughs> misconceptions of Bukowski <laughs> wow that's the you're the first person I've met who says he's not misogynistic <laughs> yeah people get really shocked about that the next shocking thing is when i have to argue with people about bob dylan but that's a different podcast um i like his stuff i i'm just not that like jazz you don't about, think like, he needs a no else. you don't think he deserves a nobel prize <laughs> no i don't i don't <laughs> i don't i don't think or all of his writing is that great oh really <laughs> no i don't <laughs> I, I mean i <laughs> he is somebody that you, you're supposed to like, and it is weird for anybody to say that. But it's not like I was into Dylan uh, in my formative years. It, it was way later in life that I got into him because yeah. I didn't really get it at all. It just seemed kind of nonsense and, and a little silly to me. I like the I like the tighter songs, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, Wheels on Fire is a great one. Mm -hmm. And then um, The Man in Me, that's a great song. I mean, yeah. like, it was awesome even when they used it in The Big Lebowski because mm -hmm. it made so much sense, right. you know? But uh, he does, he has some bad lines. He'd be a good, he'd be a good contestant on yeah. <laughs> for well, his last We have some feelers out, but uh, he hasn't got back to us yet. <laughs> <laughs> I do like what he's doing now with the whole American songbook thing. He's yeah. No, he's a, he's a rad human being. Right. I'm just, I don't worship, I don't yeah. worship anyone. So oh, it's yeah. like, I just, that the Dylan worshiping is kind of cool. Okay. Yeah. What, what about, fuck Dylan. Fuck Let's Dylan. <laughs> what about God if he's being piped into your headphones out of nowhere? <laughs> I, I, would you be, begin to believe uh, that was a little insider baseball. We're catching some radio waves on our wireless in the studio. Uh, but um, so 
this is your first song. Did you always kind of have an, uh, an inkling to be a songwriter? Think you were? No. No. No, I had a really hard time joining bands when I was younger. I don't, I think it's changed now though, but it was really difficult to be female and try to join a band. Mm -hmm. And I never wanted to be front and center. I wanted to play keys on the side. Okay. And I never had the chance to do it. And I would sit in with, you know, you'd get, you'd sit in with your, all your like guy friends and they'd get wasted and the guitars would always come out. And then the jam session would happen and I'd kind of sit back and I'd be like, none of these people can write. <laughs> <laughs> I think I should try this. Uh-huh. And so I did. And I was, I was heavily encouraged by a guy named Latch who ran an anti-folk hootenanny <laughs> at the Sidewalk Cafe. Okay. And um, yeah, he was, he was definitely somebody who really nurtured and pushed me to Did you grow up in write. New York? No, I grew up in Jersey. Okay. Not too far. No, and then no. you kind of made the made the cross over. Are you still in Jersey? No, I'm not. I've lived in New York for all like eighteen years now. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. And so uh, this is the first one that you felt confident as like a, a songwriter to to perform. I think it's the first one that I I with chord changes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, not too many songwriters whose first song was composed on harmonium yeah, <laughs> yeah, that we get true. on this podcast. It, yeah, the very first one. But it's such a weird key I chose, too. It's like on a C minor, which is an odd key to choose, but I, I was very dark. Mm -hmm. I think there, I, I, I've got the darkness, but my sense of humor has definitely flourished <laughs> with age. Oh, good. But, yeah. uh, if you're just living in the darkness all the time, that can be uh, a rough... A rough place to be. Yeah, I think so. I've da I've dabbled myself, but uh, I'm pretty jovial uh, presently. Which is, <laughs> um, so uh, always writing on harpsichord? I mean, after this? No. This no? No, I write on piano a lot, too. Okay. Did it just say harpsichord? I did say harpsichord. It's not a harpsichord. I'm it's sorry. a harmonium. It's all harmonium. right. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you you also write on piano. <laughs> yeah. Were you like? take piano lessons, t classically trained in piano, or are you just... I, I was for a while, and I hated it, because I couldn't really sight read very well. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of a lot of people who learn how to play piano get really frustrated, because you just want to play. Right. But in classical piano, you really have to know how to read. Yeah. And if you're not a good reader, you're not going to make right. it, so... Yeah, it was I can, a, yeah, I can dabble on piano just from guitar. I can read the guitar tabs and then know the chords, but yeah. I, I cannot read uh, piano music to save my life. It just seems it's it a seems lot daunting. to look at. Yeah, right. so I would, I mean, I would cheat all the time, and then any teacher I had would start yelling because I'd be <laughs> like, "Well, I, I just remembered what you did, and I'm playing that," <laughs> but I could never, I could never keep up with sheet music. It was not my uh, strong suit at all. Too many notes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's interesting, too, because uh, to become a proficient musician, you never want to be buried in the sheet music anyway. You know, you want to... That's jazz, though. Yeah. Like, no jazz musician is going to force you to read <laughs> the sheet music, which is why I wish I kind of learned that style instead, you know, because yeah. I think it's, it suits the way I learn more. Mm -hmm. But there's also Suzuki method, which is about, like, listening and picking stuff up. Yeah. Uh, that's another way of doing it. I, I've never it's been exposed Suzuki to Suzuki method? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I was pretending to know just because I didn't want to be the only one in the room that didn't know what was going on. But it's all good. We're all friends here. <laughs> we are all friends. <laughs> um, yeah, but just think about that. Like your ear is really what uh, it all comes down to, and you should be playing with your ear, even if you're reading music or looking at a chart. It, 
you've got to be listening to, especially if you're in a band in a setting where you have to be listening to other musicians. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, your keys main thing, you start going to like anti-folk shows around New York. What's yeah. anti-folk? Anti-folk was a movement started by Latch, who I mentioned earlier, and it was against the folk scene in the West Village. Um, he just wanted to do something really that wild and son crazy. Son of a bitch, Bob Dylan. <laughs> That's what he was saying, too. Yeah. No, I was kidding. I'm, I'm sorry, Bob. I feel so bad. What if Bob he Dylan listens, listens to this and does. starts Yeah, to, what if he's really hurt? He's going to cry. Yeah. He's going to cry. Leave us Shilpa a bad doesn't, comment. Oh, that love me, man. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so then what made you, um, when did you start? fronting a band and when when did you kind of like decide that you were okay oh, to do wow. that um relative by the way song. fronting a band is a gift and a curse okay it, it really is uh i i don't i don't know i just started playing these songs and i would sing uh and do these solo sets at, at the sidewalk cafe and then my sets would get increased from a half an hour to 45 minutes and then you had to write more songs to mm -hmm. cover all that and then I, I had a roommate who was his drummer, and I was like, this would be a lot of fun to do. And that came about, and then um, I got a bass player through Craigslist, and that was really cool for a short while, and then, sh like, shit got bad. Oh, yeah? Well, <laughs> and I got my taste of how what band, not to do when you're running a band. <laughs> well, talk, talk, can we talk about that? How like, do what mean, do you mean it went bad? <laughs> I mean, you don't have to gossip, but I mean, no, can it's we? not gossiping. It's not gossiping at all. It's were more you like it, Icarus, and you flew too close to the sun? No, that's a dude thing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> girls, girls don't go through that. Girls go through like, how did I lose control to a bunch of dudes? I don't understand. Oh. And that's uh, what happened. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened, and it happens to a lot because what also happens when you're young because mm -hmm. you don't you don't know what to say and do and also you're kind of in it for these altruistic idealistic reasons mm -hmm. you're having a great time you don't think about things like i'm gonna sue you because <laughs> of this and this and that you don't right. think like that right and when that stuff started happening because i didn't even know like writing songs meant you get a div like a right. heavy dividend of the publishing the credit. yeah but we weren't making any money at the time and they were they were thinking like that all uh -huh. of a sudden and it was really freaky. And it seems it, like it, it, it's, that would stifle creativity so quickly. It did. It did. And it made it made the experience like not as much fun anymore. And it kind of made me look at things a lot differently. But it was also a big learning experience because mm -hmm. it's like, well, what do I want out of this? Yeah. I want to write stuff. I want to arrange stuff. And I want people to listen to me when I have ideas and not, you know, block me out because mm -hmm. they have an agenda going on right and that's what i learned from it so how know? do you sever ties with the blood sucking leeches <laughs> that you were working with <laughs> oh I'm man so, i'm totally serious i'm gonna get so much trouble yeah. oh, dylan's gonna be after me oh, the blood sucking well, I'm, leeches i'm putting words into your mouth no, but, i'm kidding i'm but, kidding i got a couple of restraining orders out. no i was kidding <laughs> <laughs> that's not happening that's not happening either they expired you know you keep it free so the way i like to do band stuff now is like how the jazz form was back in the day where you had the one leader and then mm -hmm. if you have a player who can What's play 
you pick them up and mm-hmm. you know you shut on the songs and that's how you that's how you roll. That's cool. Uh, so no more permanent band. Oh, yeah. cool. So that's how you scrapped up. Old Paul, oh, Paul Blackwell off the <laughs> side of the road. Oh, wow. Is he, uh, <laughs> we have rehearsal shade. later. This is not going to no, go I'm well. Just, I didn't mean scrapped up. I meant like scraped, you know, up. scraped up. Yeah. Well, th- I don't know that we could think of a better segue to talk about like your latest song and what you're working on now. All right. Can you maybe set up? Um, sure. <laughs> Man, I, I call this one Shoot This Dying Horse. <laughs> We'll talk, we'll talk later okay, about what excellent. it's about. All right. Take a beating, another beating. And stop to smell the roses He cried, I gave you my heart Well then we found it was eroded Oh, time is fleeting, time is fleeting And long, exhausting motions How could I get this so wrong? How could I be so wrong? Sunrise, sunset, sunrise Watch the clouds come It starts to rain a while Then it's done Oh, sunset, sunrise, sunset, sunrise Watch the clouds come It starts to rain a while Then it's done Take a beating, another beating And stop to smell the Then we found it was eroded Oh, time is fleeting, time is fleeting And long, exhausting motions How could I get this so wrong? How could I be so wrong? Oh, sunset, sunrise, sunset, sunrise Watch the clouds come It's over, it's over 
That was beautiful. The um, the vibrato on the on the keys and then the little shimmer in your voice, like together, I think match. So uh, they're just so spot on. Oh, I think that thanks. was one of the best vocal performances I've heard on this podcast. Oh, it's sure. so cool! <laughs> For sure, I couldn't help but notice. There's nothing in the song about a horse. What the? What the no, I'm I was anticipating some sort of America horse with no name scenario. Wow, you know, <laughs> during while arranging this, that did come up. <laughs> uh, can we talk a little bit about the song? Uh, is, yeah. Is this uh, autobiographical? Is that how you tend to write? Um, I write a mixture of stuff uh -huh. but this one is actually a bit autobiographical i just got out of a relationship and it was a it was kind of commentary on that mm -hmm. you know what it's that, what that's like that's where i was my head was going when i was listening but and i don't ever like there's so many songs are written about that that you kind of assume a lot are and then a lot of times they're written about like I get my accused of that all the time. It's like, is this a breakup song? I'm like, no, man. I'm just talking about some building. Just talking about my <laughs> but, horse. <laughs> yeah, I'm just about but this is this, this is actually is yeah. This is this is one of them. This is Do you one. find catharsis in in writing a song like this um, in that time? Um, yes, especially when it's really tough to kind of get out of the psychology of things. Mm -hmm. I you have to kind of clean the clean the slate. Yeah. Otherwise. I don't know. I, I just felt like I couldn't write anything cool if I didn't get this out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those, the you know. proverbial elephant in the room of yeah. your mind. Yeah. And then um, let's talk a little bit about um, about song structure. Are you are you writing on these on this keyboard on a keyboard? Yes. Yeah. So this was actually written on keys, and um, that's what I've been doing for a few years now. Uh, and not the harmonium so much, mm -hmm. um, pr pretty much because I got bored. Yeah, you know, and you need to change it up. Yeah, totally. I find that with like guitar is so limiting that sometimes just picking up a mandolin or a guitar in an alternate tuning, it's like it opens up this whole new thing, and you're like, oh, thank God, because I felt so limited. Guitar is actually my next curiosity. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know how to play string instruments at all, so uh -huh. it's just I keep seeing people with guitars, obviously, and it's just. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah. You know. Well, I'm never I, gonna break it out it. on stage because it's like I couldn't. I couldn't catch up to where everyone else is. Yeah, but I mean, most people aren't that far. Right. You look at like Richie Havens at, at Woodstock, and he's just. I mean, it's all feel. Like you yeah, know, he's yeah. one of those folk fellas. You don't get <laughs> he's next after chilling. We go after Richie Havens. What does he do with his teeth? I mean, seriously. No, but you said he, she didn't mention a horse, but I do. Is Am I so clever that I figured out you're talking about take a beating, another beating? Are you referring to beating a, dying, a dead horse? Yeah, beating a dead horse. Yeah. Shoot this Ooh, dying yeah. horse. No horses were harmed. In the making, well, in of, the making this, of the song? Just your, yeah. you and your partner's <laughs> relationship. So was your relationship was dying <laughs> like a horse. <laughs> like a horse. <laughs> you know, I actually wrote this it. for him so he could recover. Uh, <laughs> altruism. You're again. the horse. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is now called Harry Insults Everyone. <laughs> no, no, the that horse was not insult. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Calling somebody a horse, I don't. It's 
It wasn't nothing. I you meant, meant metaphorically. It that way. I didn't mean. I'm sorry. No, but it's you know it's it's a it's a bad process. Everyone's been through this, and it's like your worst self comes out. After, right. You know, it's just horrible. Nobody is like, I can't wait to go through this breakup right now. Yeah. You know, it's it's just awful. I'd rather it's, do my taxes. Seriously, because <laughs> I would. It's just it's, it's all just it's calm. all consuming. It's like all you can think about yeah. for a while, and, you, and it's and it's and so, so much is going on in the world, and right. you're just like, man, you just dump me. What? <laughs> You know, it's just, it's awful. It's a horrible feeling. Um, do you generally, do you have a specific uh, process that you're, do you work from melody um, to, and then add lyrics or do you write lyrics first or is it just whatever? We've been shouting out a lot of 60s icons on this and mm-hmm. this was actually inspired after I, musically inspired after I watched, I binge watched Long Strange Trip. <sighs> Oh, that, nice. That's also something you do when you you get dumped. You start binging. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? I worked at this festival last year. <laughs> I saw it at a festival. I saw it all in a theater. I was doing sound, and I fell in love with it. I watched it three times when it came out on Amazon, twice when it was at IFC. I love that fucking documentary. It's amazing because it's really about the music. Yeah. And and it's like we haven't gotten that in a while because it is a a lot of music documentaries tend to go on like your drug binges and how many, you know, women you've slept with or whatever. And it it wasn't really about that. And it was it was about how they put a live show together. Right. And how they constructed songs and when they what were they like? I also binge watched. Uh, long or uh, whatever it's called. Long strange trip. Yeah, yeah. It's just from letting that, you so guys know. Trucking. Yeah, it's it's amazing. What I'm don't mean to interrupt, but what my, the point that uh, blew my mind is when he when he talked about putting a, uh, a six eight beat over a four four beat and how you get everything, and then that expands the music <gasps> oh, to like yeah. you can go anywhere with it. And yeah. I was like, that is it. That's what the whole fucking. That's the sound that I'm always here in the Grateful Dead. That, yeah. yeah, yeah, that that was super cool. And also when they had said that Pigpen didn't like playing in triplets. Yeah, and I was like, that's awesome. You know, that he's got his keys down, and it's like fours yeah. only. You know, right? yeah. <laughs> no triplets. Yeah. I'm not. Blues. Yeah, yeah. But you were saying that you never considered yourself a deadhead. Um, no. But may is that are you so, starting to switch a little bit? Oh, no, no, I've always carried that band with me because I liked the chord changes in their songs. Yeah. And I also I like uh, Robert Hunter's lyrics a lot. I think yeah. they're really cool. Me too. Um, but I don't I don't like big jams. I I just can't. After a while, and it's weird because I, I was trained in classical Indian music, which is like one long jam. <laughs> but I don't know. I like really structured stuff. Oh, you, yeah. Yeah. So when you're on stage and you're performing, you you would prefer like like say yeah, there's a solo section in a song. Do I mean it's it's wrote beforehand generally i tend to dictate where it's supposed to go yeah, yeah definitely it's, I, I don't like a lot of noodling mm-hmm. and i like everything yeah you're laughing i see you paul i see you we're gonna have this talk later i'm anti-noodling <laughs> as well i love the noodle i like but... parts i like things yeah. that kind of fit you know uh-huh. yeah I, I like the idea of letting the music um go wherever it wants to go you know and i and i envy that it's not how I perform either. I want everything to be structured because I, I like to you know know where things are going. Wow, yeah, you're yeah. Cl- trained in classical Indian music. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's why the harmonium oh, is man. in the picture. Yeah, 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 that is so cool. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. it's way yeah. more psychedelic than Western music. Because <laughs> <laughs> you guys have, I mean, they have like way more notes. Yeah, and a lot <laughs> of psychedelic music comes from Indian yeah, music, yeah. and that's how they it, it all started. Um, because uh, Ravi Shankar had 
I think he did a tour like in the early 60s mm-hmm. and that started the catching thing, on. Right. And then befriended all the Beatles. And yeah. Then, yeah. Um, are, what kind of time signatures is are is Indian music tr- generally in? I mean, do they play in different times? Like lots of different yeah. times to the point you can really lose count on stuff. There's like nine beat, 11 beat. And then the rotation happens and it's not symmetrical at all. And you're just like, where am I? <laughs> but I mean, it's, it is, so it how do you is approach complicated that? Do you just do it by your ear or, or memory? Yeah. Wow. That's and, cool. and it's really um, encouraged in Indian music to not read music. Really? Whoa. And to really like hear wow. it. Wow. It's yeah. like the, exa- it's like the, uh, yeah, it's totally different from Western musical right. theory. Especially like, yeah, it's classical, you know. Yeah. I had a funny conversation last night. Um, do you guys know the band Bodega? I've Have seen you, their name around, but I don't you know. You check them out. They're yeah. really great. And I was talking to my friend Montana, and she was talking to me about vocals and stuff and how to, like, have that kind of, like, have a confident vocal without freaking out about what else is going on around you. Mm-hmm. And I told her the story of when I was a kid and I was going through vocal training which is the most boring thing for a kid to go through. Mm-hmm. And my instructor had hit the first and the five of whatever scale. And she was like, I want, I need you to go up and then do the descending. And I couldn't do it. So she took a ruler, smacked my hand. <laughs> and I remember that scale. <laughs> and that's how you get confident. Corporal punishment. With corporal punishment, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'll never forget this scale ever. It was just like that moment. But it's like that. Yeah. You gotta know, and you can't have a lot supporting it. So mm-hmm. it's like you have to be very strong, like on your own, in order to play in a, like a band that plays ragas and stuff. Right. Well, uh, can we talk a little bit more about your vocal training? Because you have a very unique and sort of haunting voice. I was uh, in vocal training, um, God, for eleven years, and then I untrained myself. It shows, be- I mean, not that you... I'm, I have a raspy, I have a <laughs> no, smoker's no. voice, I, I think, drink, you know. No, so s- it, speaking on how, like, effortless your last performance sounded oh. to me. It sounded just totally natural, and yet, like, so precise. Oh, that's cool. It reminded me of, uh, <laughs> it's going to sound weird, but if you ever listen to John Lennon's <laughs> vocal <laughs> performance on uh, songs like uh, uh, Across the Universe... Mm-hmm. They're so relaxed sounding oh, yeah. and so natural, and yet they yeah. just keep fucking nailing everything. Anyway, it reminded me of that. Oh, that's awesome. That's interesting because that's like around the time when he was friends with Harry Nielsen, who is like, it's not effortless, and then he's like, you know, you know. That guy's you know, crazy, man. That. He, he can harmonize like so hard with himself and right. it's just all him like an orchestra of him did you see yeah. that documentary oh about yeah Nielsen? that was really where good they, yeah. uh, the analogy they use is a trapeze artist in the studio where they're hoping that he hits that note like a trapeze artist hitting the whatever handhold or whatever yeah yeah and I totally identify with that it's, let's see it he was born and raised in Bushwick right and it was oh, a, yeah. that was a wild thing I learned from uh that documentary, I thought it was very cool. I used to live over off the Jefferson stop, and they had um, a, a mural up of all the people born in Bushwick, and he was up there for a while. I was like, yeah, that's fucking rad. <laughs> um, so moving right along, we're going to get uh, – that was your latest song. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your what you think is your best song. Can you set this up for us? Uh, sure. I mean, this, was, this was hard because what does make the best song? I don't know. But I I chose the what I, I chose this one because I liked that it's got three different parts going on and somehow it's 
it fits. Mm-hmm. And it was also inspired by Carol King, who's a great songwriter, because um, she's stru- like her song structures are amazing. I mean, she wrote some of the greatest pop hits, and not that I wrote anything close to what <laughs> Carol King could write, but I I dig the song, and it's called uh, "You're Fucking No One." Which was, yeah, she would totally write a title like that, too. Oh, I got to transpose the keys. Give me one second. Shout loud in the dark 
keep your stock up hours are coming cause I know what you really are shove me out to places far away from the amusement park change your friends all you want cause you can't always get me I'm always stuck uh, between these two competing thoughts in my head where I want to talk about uh, the content of your lyrics and stuff. Let's talk lyrics, man. <laughs> okay, but I also, you This know, is not a breakup song. It's, it's, uh, I thought those were the, the, those were some of the, those were the best, those were really cool lyrics. They were, and uh, so I, I guess what my point is that, you know, a song stand, stands on its own and it can mean whatever it wants to, whatever it means to each person, but yeah, I guess course, it is the nature of the podcast where I'm going to ask you, <laughs> is this song, is this a, a like a New York City song? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. okay, so I, I mean, it seemed kind of obvious, but um, what is like, okay, the city inspires it, but what made you uh, want to write about it? Well, I, I had written a, a whole record that came out last fall called Door Girl, and it was based on my experiences of working the door in the Lower East Side and also living in New York for way too long. Working at a, at a club or at like a door bu a building with a door person? Uh, it's um, at a club. Okay. I was like, wait, do I work at a building? It could be that. It could be that, you know? Um, I wish it was. That'd be fun. <laughs> but yeah, so I this was kind of uh, one of the songs that came out of that. And it, it is like that, that frustration of really loving a city but hating it all at the same time because it's yeah. so flawed and it doesn't love you back. And, right. you and, know. And it, I was thinking about this yesterday with Taylor. It's like, like, uh, vitriol from a ex-partner where it's like just because you are your existence it will just screw you over like taylor he's doing kicking ass being on a podcast riding to go do it and then it's like the city's like fuck you your shoulder's yeah. broken and i mean that shit just happened it yeah. just beat you down but hopefully you know there you is an through. there is a higher element of danger and confrontation in this town than i've ever felt anywhere else mm -hmm. i've lived and i think people equate that to well the crime is down and it's like disney world or whatever and i'm like people have to hustle so hard right. to pay their rent here mm -hmm. it's just it's a different kind of confrontation right you constantly think you're going to fall through the cracks 
and you're never going to make that next rent. You know, yeah. it's and it's it's scary. It's it a is, scary existence. It's a terrifying existence. Yeah. And then whenever any time where you feel like, okay, I think I'm a little bit secure, then this feeling seeps down your spine. That's like. To just wait, something's yeah, gonna happen. Yeah, something horrible's gonna happen to you. Yeah. I mean, not to be just all doom and gloom here. I'm just saying it's a struggle. <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> yeah. I like New York. I love this city, and the, you have to stick up for yourself. That's one thing that I love, and like that confrontation thing. Sometimes you just gotta be like, "Yo, back up!" And then the person's like, "All right, you know." Yeah, like, yeah. You just, they, That's why I'm always packing heat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so how did you, how do you, I, I want to talk about the lyrics some more if you guys don't mind. I would love Because yeah. I'm always interested in the craft of lyrics, you oh. know? Like, uh, do you craft, your, do you like to craft them? Um, yeah. Or do you just let it, or you let it fly like I'm super like self-conscious about what goes down on the page. Really? Because yeah, I could definitely too. tell in these ones, because yeah. uh, I noticed, like, there's, like, themes that run throughout the song, you know? Like, oh, you I mean, of, there, like, there will be an example where I bombed completely shortly. It'll come up. Oh. But it's, <laughs> lyrics to me, I don't know, I guess, because I've always written, I've always liked to write, mm-hmm. you know? So I need a little bit of something to get myself to sing it, too, you know? Okay. So it's, I like yeah. to play around with oh, lyrics. I, yeah, I feel yeah. like lyrics are the thing that can take a, a good song and make it, a great song. Yeah, you know? I agree with I, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you got like lots of numbers in there. Like lots of like, you know, like 1983 billions of Dwayne Reeds, yeah. uh, million dollar lights. And like there's just a lot of vivid imagery in there. Yeah, because I guess. I was wondering if you crafted that up there. Like, you know. Well, you yeah. want to tell a story. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's one, that's one of the most exciting things about hip hop is it's all storytelling music. And I think. I don't know. I think that's really exciting to dr- to draw images like that. Yeah, they lyric. I mean, I love the images in this one. Yeah, it's really thank good. you. What is your actual process? Do you take a pen to paper and write your lyrics? Do you just? I mean, like I got post-it notes on my wall with different yeah. song ideas. You I know, got this I ratty to. journal. Yeah. Like I have like stacks of the ninety-nine cent marble. Uh-huh. That's what I'm. I you got that too? <laughs> yeah, it's something comforting about it. Yeah. But most of the time when I start, it sounds like the journal of some 12-year-old girl, you know? It's like horrible stuff coming out, and you're just like, oh, God, how can I turn this into something good? Mm -hmm. It takes a while to get something good, lyrically. When I hear people that can just do it from inspiration, and that's all the the only way they write. They're lying to you. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, It might take years because it's like, yeah, it's and it makes... It all the more worse when you're playing a club that nobody's fucking paying attention. And you're like, dude, I took two years to figure out that these two words rhyme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and your <laughs> lyrics never cut through a lot. They never, never cut well, through Well, it's a, a shame. I feel like lyrics never cut through anywhere, ever. like ever, yeah. really. People never notice lyrics. On a podcast, they do because yeah, we're also we're, having the conversation. Let's dissect it all together. In hip-hop music, they do. Yeah, I that's saw, true, too. I saw Jay-Z last year and at a Barclays Center. Oh, yeah. And oh wow, there's like nineteen thousand people just rapping his stuff yeah, his back words. to him. He just points and everybody just no. says it. There's no <laughs> teleprompter. I mean, people really listen to what he says. Yeah. And that's that's power. That's yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Inspirational too. It's all about lyrics, man. Yeah. Well, I, I agree. Uh although a lot of like 
you know, punk rock and indie rock, a lot of that has certainly has merit, and you don't always hear well, the lyrics, the, but you no, understand. But I mean, those have their own. It's this different style, you know. They're still mm-hmm. really well crafted, I think. Like yeah. the Ramones yeah. lyrics yeah. are phenomenal. Oh, he, oh, he's great. All he's just t- great. And yeah. it's just a different. It's like the Ernest Hemingway stuff. It's just boiled down, you know. Yeah, it's right. Bukowski. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love Bukowski too. Like, like a good lyricist, his. Every line, I've heard him talk about it where like he wants every line to punch, you know, yeah. and that's kind of how like a song I feel needs to be, um, you know, because you, it's all about economy of, of words. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. This is funny because this is this is actually a really good segue to the worst. Song. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it the worst song because of the lyrics? Yes. Yeah. I don't even remember how the song goes. Should I? I have to take it out because I, I can't even. I mean. OK. Yeah. So this song is called Hogwash, and it's the worst song I ever wrote. (laughs) And uh, I'm just going to read what these lyrics are. It takes so much to break the day. I'm not trying. I could try lying. But I'm baked on a bird-dropped bench. Wow, that's so bad. (laughs) Milking a middle-class misery. I, I do that often. Melting the second... To the end of the frame, how brave am I? She said those words from worlds away, but knew what few would hear her say. Hogwash. And hogwash is isolated on the page because it's a really important word. <laughs> but yeah, that's really bad. <laughs> and that should never happen again. So do you, do you not have music for it? I don't remember how I, it even went. I mean, I, I, I'm... Maybe I have a good gauge of what not to do, but um, <laughs> well, where did you find it? It's you- a, I found it, and this is a printout I think from the early two thousands, and so it has a lot of early stuff that I was writing. But I remember performing this. I have memories of performing this on a stage. But I don't know how, don't I, know how I don't went. remember how it went. No. <laughs> I think it had one of those like really jazzy kind of. Uh, it sounded like, yeah. It, it takes a lot to break the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like a hat and cane number <laughs> for sure. I love the, milking the middle class misery. I mean, that was, that is. I think they call that alliteration, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's a mouthful for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, which is a part of the alliteration. Right, exactly. Put that yeah. on the sheet. Right? Yeah. Write that down. Milking a middle class misery is a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> well, now now we're going to have to switch it to the best song because of that wonderful line there. Uh, <laughs> so you remember performing it. Yeah, yeah. But I think you're correct, though, in that it was a, it was a cabaret type. Yeah. Sure. It was bad. It Hat was pretty cane. bad. Hat and cane number. Yeah. I find that anytime you take song lyrics and say them spoken word, uh, they sound a little little ridiculous. Yeah. Like, Are you sure this is the worst thing? Yeah, because like that was so, bad. That didn't seem so bad to me. I would never write this garbage. <laughs> I find, it wasn't me, guys. <laughs> I do find myself like when I go back through old notebooks, especially things that never Im- amounted to any songs or anything, just little yeah. ideas I have. I'm, I always look at myself as very naive, even if it was like six months earlier or whatever it is I'm like oh I had no idea what the world was like then you know yeah totally I mean just by reading how I even like spaced the words out I was trying to be so profound and I just <laughs> I could tell and it doesn't uh-huh. say it's not natural to how I, I would talk to somebody or you know yeah so I think that Overwrought. comes with time it comes with age you yeah. start losing that sort of <laughs> it's one of those unfortunate things about yeah. the music industry is that they put such an emphasis on youth when it's like you 
you, you don't get good until you're like, you don't get good. I've got a yeah. Marvel notebook right at home under my desk uh, from when I was 12 years old. Yeah. It was my first rock and roll songwriting notebook. Wow. <laughs> so I got lots. I meant did to bring that put, up on the podcast. Did you cut out like pictures and stuff and put it on your book? Because I had one of those for sure. No, I was, I didn't, I, I'm not th- that crafty. <laughs> <laughs> you're like writing only. It's mostly like diss tracks about math teachers and stuff. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. That's that's awesome. We would have been on the same team on that one. I did not like any of my math teachers. And, yeah, man. Math. And, uh, yeah, I quit learning that in like sixth grade. About- <laughs> I remember in high school, I carved into the bookcase sitting next to me in my geometry class. My teacher's name was Mr. Buddy, and I scraped in there Mr. Buddy drinks his own pee oh just, yes. <laughs> you know like he a does you're psychopath kid. <laughs> then like the next day it's like Carl please see Mr. Buddy in his room and I'm like shit yeah clearly he knows it's yeah, me man, so I came in and I was like yeah I did it carved it in there <laughs> I had a pen and I just like you know, cut God, going. Was, you were angry. Yeah, I was an angry I, kid, man. It, <laughs> I, it, really, it was really nothing of, about Mr. Buddy I didn't like. It was just that I thought that would, like the image of him like <laughs> fucking drinking his own pee seemed funny to me, and yeah. I thought like the next person sitting there would get a, a rise out of them, you know. But yeah. I had to clean it up, and I got a, a they detention. Made, they made you go to therapy? No, no therapy. I've never been. I've never really been to therapy, but this is maybe a type of therapy or this something. This is like a type. I've, yeah, I'm man. starting to understand that this is a type of. <laughs> Let's talk about your psychotic <laughs> carving. But it, it, it was awesome being a bad kid in school. Yes. I was a bad kid yes. in school. Uh, I, I, had to co- I had to compete with all the overachieving Asian people. You know, <laughs> like, they're like, "What's wrong with you? Why don't you want to go to Harvard Law School?" And I'm like wearing black lipstick right. and stuff. And it's like, "What is this?" Because I'm profound. I'm, yeah, a I'm poet. profound. I'm a poet. <laughs> it takes a lot <laughs> to, <laughs> to break, break that day. day. <laughs> wow, that's awesome that you retained that. Uh, I didn't think it was that bad of a line. <laughs> I didn't think that was that bad. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't see it. I, most people um, that do their worst songs, I mean, I I tend to like them. You know, this one, you know, it was a little different because there's no music to it. Yeah, but. if I could remember, I be I bet that would be bad too. I just I, I just don't even I can't even tell what kind of a meter that would be running on either. You know, right. so. Yeah. <laughs> well, you I mean, you wrote it, so I don't know. So I'm, I bet somebody out there though has a copy. Of. From like 15 years ago of me doing this, I bet it's out there, and then you'll see, and you're like, wow, that really <laughs> stunk. That really yeah, <laughs> I take back every good thing I said, <laughs> yeah. marginally good thing I said. Um, so, do you have a lot of albums out? Is that the kind of um, is that the form you work in? Is like making an album, touring, that type of thing? Um, just because I know you're going on tour, because yeah, I, I am. Uh, yeah, I like. I actually like album formats, which makes me kind of dated, I, I suppose, because now it's like we live in a singles, singles era. Yeah. But I like. I like having the full, the full arc of a record. I agree, and like taking some time and um, investing the time in it, and taking time with an album as opposed to just having one song that has a catchy hook or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think every again, like you, you mentioned something about the industry always concentrating on youth, but you get better over time. I think it's the same in in terms of how you want to present your art does not always coincide with what is cool business wise, mm-hmm. and that's some um, is a problem. I think a lot of songwriters and musicians run into yeah is that that compromise of you know because you never want to write a song specifically um for a publicist or like for like oh i want to be featured on this blog so i should 
shape my creativity this way. You want it to be a freeform thing that is emotive. Yeah, and, so it's genuine and you right. enjoy playing it. And then you talk to somebody that's on that side of the business and then they're like, well, we don't know. We can't really place it here because it's not this. We can't place it here. And it's yeah. like you're stuck in limbo, but you can't. I don't know. You my biggest know. problem with the business is I keep presenting my art, you know, mm-hmm. and nobody's paying me for it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's bad business. Oh man, that's bad business. Yeah, I think we're all bad business people. To be honest. True, I know. I'm like, I'm my own manager, and I'm pretty sure my manager's fucking up everything. Because <laughs> my business model is work really hard on something. And not get paid for it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it sucks. I think we we follow the same model. (laughs) Well, I want to get, this is relevant to what I was trying to say and also with The Grateful Dead because uh, with a full album, when you had to go buy an album, you were invested in it. You walked, you got it, you purchased it, you got home, you listened to it, and you took time with it. Now with streaming services, it's bam, 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 which is, you know, has its benefit, of course. But something like The Grateful Dead, who amassed this enormous following people took effort and time to get to the shows and that was all part of it yeah well yeah it's because they were offering something that you that can't be offered through a through a a medium Mm -hmm. other than live music Mm, that's really interesting you can only get that experience if you go to the show right I just, I guess that's totally true. And I, that's a really good point. They revolutionized the music industry. I just feel that like (laughs) nowadays people aren't, um, I don't know. I'm not trying to throw a pity party for musicians because it's a fun thing to do, but it's like, I don't think people are taking as much time and putting in as much effort with music, um, because people's attention spans are, are shorter. I also think things tend to flourish in hindsight too, because I have uh, a hard time absorbing new music until like years after the fact. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, wow, that was really good. Yeah. yeah. But I wasn't into it. Yeah. You know, I'm not that consumer at all. I just listen to whatever I feel like listening right. to at the time. So I think that that also plays a role right. in it too. But I don't know. I think I tend to, I want to remind myself constantly while I'm working that my goal is to capture that moment when I was a teenager and I brought home a record. You go to uh, we went to Sam Goody right. to get that you know CD or cassette and it, you know somebody had to take that white barricade off. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, it's exactly. a whole ritual uh-huh. of it. You put it in your hands, you put it in the player, and you and just the liner notes too. That's what oh I my miss God. so much. And you just are outside of your own world. Uh-huh. We're gonna move. <laughs> gonna move on to a wild. Do you want to do a wild card song? I'll try, but if it sucks, we have to take it out. <laughs> okay. Well, before <laughs> before we get to that, can we just chat a little bit about um, what you have coming up? You, like I had mentioned, you're going on tour. Yes, I'm going on tour mid-May to mid-June in the going? States uh, in Canada as well. And uh, I'm looking for. I like being on the road. Yeah. It's It's probably where I should be. <laughs> what what do you find so enjoyable about it? It's simple. Yeah. You wake up, you eat your truck stop breakfast, <laughs> you listen to some, to some tunes in the car, and then you go to sound check, and you know what you're going to do yeah. every day. No time to freak out about your life. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you have no time. Uh-huh. And you're just having fun, and you're looking at the country. Right. And I have to I have to say for the record cuz people love the allure of Europe and stuff which is it's beautiful but nothing beats the American West. Yeah. Nothing. I've never seen landscape that gorgeous before anywhere else. Are you thinking of a specific area? 
Oh, I mean the desert, like the mm. mountains, every anything you call flyover country. It's <laughs> yeah. it's gorgeous. It's like it really wow, is. it's it's just astounding. And so. endless too. Mm-hmm. You're just like eight yeah. hours of tons just of empty space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lots of empty space. Do you space write sure. when you're out on the road? No. No. I do in my head, but I can't mm. put it physically down. Um it's just there's just too much. too much going on. But I tend to like the regurgitation happens afterwards. Mm-hmm. So that's kinda cool. You know, after I freak out when I'm back home and I'm like, <laughs> yep. I don't want to do this anymore. It's just like it's all right. the New marble, the marble notebook down. comes out. And, the scaffolding know. is bearing down in the street. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, where can people find your music online? It's all Shilpa Ray? Uh, yeah, you can find it on Bandcamp. God, I'm so bad. I don't remember my Bandcamp address. But Shilpa Ray is part of the Bandcamp. Yeah, it's in the address. Right. Shilpa Ray. For the record, that's S-H-I-L-P-A. Yes, yes. Because uh, I've been s- spelling it so different. No, they should. They should know. They should. They should know. And, uh, and Ray is R A Y. You gotta Google search that baby. Yeah. Uh, no, this has been a total treat, and uh, yeah, the instrumentation has been amazing, and your voice is amazing. Uh, would you like to do a wild? Can we do a wild? Yeah, song? let's let's try. Would it be too much to do harmonium, or would you want me on keys again? We let's could do, do harmonium. Uh, This one's called Venus Shaver. I've been looking for you Why do I love you like I do My woman and lemon pledge and massingale do I bet you glow in the dark Where there's no danger when you're alive Bright lady, no safety against a black, black fog I've seen terror in your unscaping flesh See the terror in me, blonde Venus Well, sure My photographs for the tub now tell me a white thousand pale blue eyes. How many times you bathe? I'm seeing mirrors, kissing mirrors, wanting you, and I know all the men who scrawl your name on their chest. Scrawling names.
You've got your cherry lips to help you smile And I wish that my burnt brown fingers had the Midas touch So they defecate, crush clean slate Now darling, would you care to look